I have two amazing episodes for you this week and next week. I wasn't really going to release this to my listeners in the podcast because we did this recording originally for the guys in the Leverage program. This is a deep dive into Social Circle Game and more specifically how to run parties, how to create awesome house parties that women have a great time at and use that to build your your dating and love life. Then episode one, we're going to go through everything in terms of like setting up the party, finding girls for your party, uh, all the groundwork. And then in episode two, we're going to go through actually running the party, all the different things you need to make sure the party goes off awesome, how to market it later on social media to build hype for the next one. And we'll answer some listener Q&A about best practices. Welcome to the Leverage Podcast, where we give you men's dating advice that doesn't suck. I'm your host, Robbie Kramer, a former finance guy, online poker pro, and highly ranked collegiate golfer before I became obsessed with understanding attraction and passionate about teaching men how to improve their love life. Tune in each week where we'll give you the latest and greatest strategies to get more dates, make yourself more attractive and confident with the opposite sex in order to meet your perfect 10, and design a lifestyle that makes all your buddies jealous. If you're a regular listener and digging our content, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, wherever you watch or listen to this. But if you don't think it's worthy of five stars, just go ahead and don't leave any review at all. If you're new to the show, I recommend you download my dating protocol. It'll help you optimize your first dates and subsequent dates. I like to connect with my listeners personally, so if you want to pick up a copy of that PDF, please direct message me on Instagram at Robbie underscore Kramer. Before we dive into this week's content, I want to let you guys know we've opened up a few slots in our exclusive community called Leverage. We are accepting applications if you want to join our select group of men and experience the radical power of accountability to step up your game, cross off everything on your sexual bucket list, and become a beast at accomplishing your goals. To learn more and apply, go to innerconfidence.com leverage. Now let's dive into this week's content. Women love to compete. They don't get to very often, especially the hot ones right? And they're not going to probably admit this, right? But if you look at their actions and not at their words, you see that they love to compete. You know, I wouldn't have been able to live this lifestyle. You see Dan Bilzerian have parties where he's got a 20 to one ratio, right? If women didn't like to compete, they wouldn't show up. Right? Like That wouldn't work. So we have evidence of, of that working. Um, and, you know, like for us guys, we're we're just like normal. What's normal for us is competing for women, right? That's just, we just kind of accept that as the way the world is. But for women, they almost never experience that. So it's novel, it's interesting, it's it's fun, it's cool. Um, you know, you see it on reality TV, you see it on The Bachelor, right? Like The Bachelor wouldn't work <laughs> if, if, that, if that whole mindset didn't work either. So glad you guys are realizing that. And yeah, you got to push yourself through the nice guy. You know, the nice guy syndrome will be like, oh no, I don't, you know, I really like her. I don't want to bring other girls around and, and make her think that I'm like an, an asshole. And like, that is what we'll have for fucking other guy instead. Right. That's, that's what the uh, nice guy finished last sort of thinking will we'll get you to. All right. So quick review components of the social funnel. So instead of hunting women, we're going to start farming. And how are we going to do that is instead of meeting up on dates with the purpose of hooking up and having sex, we're going to build attraction and then we're going to friend zone the girls. It doesn't have to be a verbal friend zone. It's just more of that vibe. You're not intentionally trying to escalate. I'm going to get into more of that later. Um, 
And then we're going to invite them to cool events and parties where we have status. At the parties, there's going to be a high ratio. You know, three to one is kind of the golden ratio. I'll get into that as well. And you're going to become the hunted instead of the hunters. Um, you're going to host consistent events, document and promote to build that brand and repeat until you've got just an amazing sort of social circle and women and cool guys coming into your life. What if you don't like parties? Well, if you you hate anything social, at least this will be the best option. <laughs> um, and, you know, people might hate a party or they might hate going to parties, but when everyone at that party is someone who loves you uh, or people and, and hot chicks and cool guys, usually those, those are stomachable events. First, we're going to assess your resources. First resource is people. So do you have a wingman or buddies who can help you build this together? Having other guys aligned with your objectives is going to make it easier to fill the parties. Um, and it's going to make the whole idea of lead generation easier. Like, let's say uh, and Jakob, who are both leverage members in Copenhagen, if you guys were both taking girls on dates and instead of escalating, friend zoning them, inviting them to parties, and each girl brought a friend, now you have four girls at a party and just you and Jakob. But if you're doing it by yourself, a little bit more difficult, right? And it's hard to have a party with just one guy. So doing this with zero wingmen is, is basically impossible. Um, but we'll, we'll show you how you can recruit guys later. So let me just ask you guys, do you currently have, well, before I do, so do you, do you know guys who are broke but have a lot of girls? That's a great wingman to recruit. Do you know a guy, a guy who has money but can't get girls and might have a house he could share? That could be a guy to recruit. Um, having that guy could also fund the whole project. It creates accountability. You guys can hold each other to a higher standard. Um, and it also having a wingman avoids complacency and settling too early. And really like finding that that wingman is, is paramount. So, you know, one of the things I've even recommended to the guys in leverage is to consider if, if especially if they have a remote work situations, consider moving to another city intentionally to do that. Like, for example, he was in Berlin um, when we were doing the immersion there and a bunch of the guys were there. And after that, he kind of had the option of, of going wherever he wanted because he, he's a remote, um, you know, works works from his computer. So I told him to go to Belgrade because he was in Belgrade and they were then trying to set up a mini little social circle there for a couple months. So, you know, Going to where another guy is, like the value of having a good wingman, like I said yesterday, is really more important than than anything to do this because you're, you know, it's a social circle. We need we need people. Um, the recent locations where guys have done this and leverage Berlin, Belgrade, we were doing it in Kiev, L.A., New York City, Miami. Um, the next thing you need as far as resources is a place. Do you have a cool place to host parties? Uh, do you know someone with a cool place? Is there a property that you could maybe find on Airbnb or Peerspace? Uh, is there a place that, that you could get and turn that into an Airbnb? So having an epic place to consistently host, host events is super important. Um, and it is really one of the best investments you can make, which can make or break your efforts. Hopefully with the Airbnb arbitrage idea, I can start kind of thinking creatively. What, what I've found is that it's actually easier to find a big place than a small place because landlords who have a bigger place have a harder time filling it. So that was always my sweet spot for Airbnb. And it was also easier to negotiate with the landlord to get that Airbnb. You know, I'd find a four or five bedroom place that was vacant 
a lot of the time on Craigslist and I'd ask the owner, I'm like, hey, this place looks like it's been on the market for a long time. I kind of want to use it as a multi-purpose thing. Um, you know, I have, I do events and I'd like to host events there every once in a while when I'm traveling for work, I'd love to, you know, rent it out or sublet it. And I'll, you know, I'm, I have perfect credit. You've, uh, it'll be all my furniture and I, I negotiate with the landlord. And a lot of the time I would get these great deals on bigger places that I could then use for events. And if you're doing this with other guys and you guys are going in on it together, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to find the money to fund it. You got to be creative, but you can do it. Let's next talk about new date strategy, how to get women to go to your parties by changing the way you do dates. So the purpose of day game, night game, online game is, is now we're not going to try to date them. Then we're not going to try to take them through like a normal seduction process but we're going to meet up with them with the objective of being likable and fun without the pressure of really like even like trying to get them attracted to you. So one of the things that I used to always struggle with on my dates, especially in the beginning when I wasn't very good was I had all this pressure on myself to like, you know, hook up, escalate quickly, be attractive, connect. And that a lot of the time kind of sabotaged my efforts because the extra pressure put me in my head. So what I started doing differently is start approaching dates more with the objective to kind of like friend zone girls. Um, I also built this into some of my day game style approaches. Instead of going, I, first I learned to be direct and I got pretty good with that. But then later I switched to more of an indirect style and kind of just started like vibing with girls, getting their Instagram and then trying to invite them later just to grab a coffee or to do something where it wasn't totally clear it was a date. And you got to play around with this, with, with these different sort of ways of being and these different ideas, but turning a girl, taking her off of that traditional path from a, from that, you know, normal dating path um, is really what's going to allow you to meet more women, uh, friends on them, have them show up to the party. Cause you know, every girl wants a guy who doesn't give a shit. So when you mentally friend zone them and then invite them to a party, it's going to, they're, they're going to think differently about you than the typical guy who's trying to get in their pants all the time. And this is going to work much better on hot girls, of course. Um, and then they're going to be confused why you don't make moves on them <laughs> during the date. Uh, and the mystery from that is going to make them want you more a lot of the time. So the way to kind of think about this is you do a normal date, right? You do a normal sort of, and we, we talk about the venue, the um, dating protocol in the group a lot. And the, the idea of the dating protocol is you're not going to dinners. Um, you're, you're not doing expensive first dates or anything like that. You meet them for a casual drink or a coffee. And because you're not trying to do a, a long version of the dating protocol, you can do this at a time that doesn't really conflict with her schedule of other cool things to do. Right. So you meet her on like a Wednesday afternoon, you grab a cup of coffee or you go for a walk in the park or you grab a beer. Right. And on that date, you're you do everything that you would normally do on a date, except you just don't physically escalate. Now, if she's super like into you and she's trying to escalate on you and you can tell that, like, you know, she wants to be kissed. Can you kiss her? Sure. Right. But the, the thing is, is once you have sex with a girl and then you invite her to the party, she's going to start being territorial and now that's going to cause drama and now you look like a player <laughs> so we're going to get to the point where she knows she she thinks we're into her but she's not sure 
that's kind of what you want to create. And then odds are she's she's going to show up to the party. Um, because if you just try to invite girls to the party without doing this kind of pre-date, you just get a lot of flakes. Like if you, if you try to do day game or online game, uh, or even if you met her out at a night game, and then the first invite to meet up is a party, in my experience, they just don't show up at a very high rate. You're better off and you're more likely trying to just, you know, meet up with her for a quick date. That's not really a date. And then funnel her into the party funnel later. Right. And, and there's no real pressure on doing this. Like, let's say you're, you're going to you're going to schedule your parties out in advance. So if you're doing this consistently, you always have more events that you can invite her to down the road. So if she's a little bit flaky, no big deal. You just push that date off until she's not as flaky. Understanding party psychology. So why do girls come to your party? Well, it's either because she wants to fuck you. The venue is insanely cool. Uh, that's why girls go to nightclubs, for example, or they might go to like a yacht party just because they want to go on a yacht. Or she just happens to be bored. But this is a very unlikely situation since most hot girls have an abundance of opportunities basically every night. So most guys can't get any girls to their party because, you know, the girls probably don't want to fuck them. Uh, and most guys can usually only bring one girl to a party, and that's their their girlfriend. So we need to change that. And when a girl comes, the beauty of that is she's rarely going to come alone because it's who wants to go to a party alone, right? Uh, she's going to bring a friend, most likely, or she might bring a couple friends. And it's the the way that most most hot girls understand to not bring guys, right? When you say, come bring a girlfriend, hot girls get it right? If you're inviting girls who aren't so hot that don't have experience in this environment where they go to nightclubs and they understand that if they bring their fat, ugly friends are not going to get in a lot of the time. Uh, those girls might try to bring guys, but we're going to, we're going to deal with that. And I'll, I'll show you guys how to handle that later. But hot girls know that they, they, they should bring girlfriends, especially if you instruct them to bring a girlfriend and they usually will show up with, with other girls. So we're going to create themed events, branding, consistency with the calendar to really keep you excited about the process. And you're always going to have something to invite them to. Choosing a theme. So this is kind of the fun part. <laughs> um, I'm going to go through a few themes here. So anything related to martinis is a hit. Uh, an astrology party, you know, dress up as your sign. The spring fling, Cinco de Drinco, which is a Cinco de Mayo party. I uh, used to do a latkas and vodkas Hanukkah party. Uh, you can do a Disney party. You can do Burning Man versus Coachella, James Bond theme. Uh, you can do a basic bitch theme. Got uh, any sort of colored party, like a white, black, red party. Uh, white parties are usually fun. Uh, you can do a Roaring Twenties slash like Kentucky Derby or Great Gatsby. Those sort of themed or are very similar sort of themed outfits. Uh, Oktoberfest, 80s party, neon party, K-pop. You can have, have a superheroes theme. Um, you, any celebrity's birthday, you can you can do a party and say that they'll be there. So here's an example from Amir. <laughs> I told him that the idea is to kind of mix two ridiculous themes together. Um, that just makes that makes the whole thing funny and more ridiculous and something novel that most people probably have never been to. So I'm like, all right, well, Thanksgiving's coming up. So let's do a, an early Friendsgiving party and just pair it with some celebrity, some silly celebrity's birthday. And we're like, Amir's like, how about French Montana? And I'm like, perfect. 
<laughs> French Montana, I don't even know. Like, yeah, not a super well-known rapper, but when you pick someone random like that, people are like, oh, wow, is French Montana really going to be there? And it might just get him to show up. And of course, it's a joke. When when they show up, they're like, where's French Montana? Like, seriously, you thought French Montana was actually coming? <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. Another um, example here, this is where he did a, a sushi party and he created this meme with this uh, funny sushi guy celebrating our love of sushi with the private sushi chef uh, Thursday night at 8 p.m. You know, you got the the address on there, you got the time, you got the date, the funny sort of meme, and you send this out as a as the text message invite, of course. Um, and this gives this gives the party a lot more legitimacy. Another example was my big fat Greek friends giving dinner party togas optional. So <laughs> a bunch of girls showed up in togas for that one. Um, another one is a naughty Santa plus happy National Cotton Candy Day. Um, you can do an, a holiday ugly sweater party, night in Paris, masquerade dinner party. And one of the, my, I think one of the coolest parties I ever hosted was a birthday party for my dog, Wiley. So I encouraged people to come with their dogs and we did a dog birthday party. Uh, so that was, <laughs> that was pretty ridiculous and cool. All the puppies. <laughs> it's just a video actually. <laughs> Filling the party, so in, inviting chicks. Um, golden ratio, what I like to call it, is three to one. And that's kind of the ratio you should always be shooting for in your head. Because if you shoot for three, three to one, you're often gonna end up with two to one, which is still great. Four to one is okay. Even five to one is usually okay, believe it or not, if you have at least four guys. That little house party we did, like I said, we had 20 girls there and four guys. And the girls were all, were all happy. networking with other girls you would think that a, a, a girl would prefer a sausage fest right because there's more options there for her but in reality girls hate sausage fests girls hate sausage fests more than guys hate sausage fests you know she's just going to get bombarded with thirst and it's going to be super annoying so when girls show up to an event and there's a few cool guys and lots of hot girls they first they kind of they, they look around like huh this is interesting who the fuck is this guy that pulled this off? And these girls seem cool. And a lot of the time they make friends with the girls, which just gets them to come back anyways, right? So having, it's kind of counterintuitive that women actually prefer a lot of the time when there's a ridiculous ratio that's against their favor. Some of them, of course, are going to get annoyed with it, but they're not going to leave. <laughs> so that the party that Amir just threw all, all the girls were complaining to his buddy that there weren't enough guys there, but none of them complained to him. And that's because they were competing for him. Uh, and I had girls complain to me all the time, but they never left. 
<laughs> if they start leaving, then you know that the ratio is probably too ridiculous. But like I said, even around six to one. Um, so, you know, most girls really never experience this sort of thing. So it's very novel to them. Um, I, I really can't stress the importance of the ratio enough because that's what makes this whole thing work. You know, if you have a party and it's one to one, um, you're kind of wasting your whole time with the process because in every other arena of life, like that's what they're used to. And there, there's no reason for her to compete for you if, if it's one-to-one. -one. And now you're really directly competing with all the other guys there. So this is really our chance to kind of flip the script and change the whole sort of, you know, rig the, the game in our favor. In the beginning, you know, some of the girls might feel out of your league but you're going to get more and more comfortable with that attention and being in that environment alone is going to raise your sexual market value. It's going to raise your standards. Um, you know, if I I've seen guys who have, you know, pretty piss poor sexual market value in terms of, you know, looks and, and, uh, height, all of those things. And this is a way to overcome that. You know, like, especially if, if you don't have those things working for you, having the ratio working for you will make a, a massive difference. And then obviously, if, if you're, you, if you are blessed with good looks and height, it just makes it even easier. Um, so let's talk about this show up ratio. Most girls are going to flake last minute, and you need to expect this. So if, if you get two girls confirmed, usually one will show up. Does that make sense? So let's say you invite 10 five confirm one is going to show up right and that accounts for girls bringing her friend that's just kind of like a mathematical model for every two girls you have confirmed one will show up right and that includes girls bringing friends and then the show up ratio for men men will almost always show up and you're going to get extra guys because you know there's really no way to to fend off against this random guys showing up because guys will ignore your request to not bring guys or a girl might bring a guy you always get extra dick it's it's really annoying but they always somehow find a way in and if you're too psycho about it and militant about it it's just kind of a bad look so you know there's really no way to prevent this so if you have two guys confirmed three are going to show up right so that's it's you want to take that math into account when at, at the final tab at the final tally to see who's going to come to your party but i'm not bigger is not better right? Like what my, my, I try to cap all my parties at 30 people. Cause once you go over 30 people, you get the, you lose the impact of the status, right? Like girls start to not understand it's your party. And then what's the fucking point? If you do these 200 person parties, you have to spend so much time, like making sure girls understand that you're the one hosting it. Um, that, that becomes another problem in itself. And how, how the hell are you going to connect with, with more than like 25 girls over the course of a night anyways, right? So I always limited all of our parties to maximum like 20 people. Sometimes I had trouble with my wingmen. They would, they'd fight me on this. Like, for example, love to do these 130 person parties. And I'm just like, dude, it's just a, it's just a shit show. Girls were crashing ATVs and crashing cars and all sorts of problems and issues. So bigger is not better. It's all about the ratio and the sizing is, is only matters up to the ratio. So a small venue, and in terms of the venue, I'm going to get into this in a second, but the you want a venue that's slightly too small instead of too big. Because if a venue feels too big, the energy of the people there, it just feels empty. It feels like it's shitty. So if it's smaller, 
that's actually better because people feel more cozy and and it's a more inviting party feels better. Inviting guys. Um, don't invite guys if you can avoid it because like I said, they're going to get there anyways. But if you must invite guys because you have so many girls coming, here are the guys that you want to invite. Um, you want to bring obviously wingmen who bring other women and preserve that golden ratio. You want to bring men who add value to improve logistics, like a bartender, a DJ, a photographer, any guy who can also, you know, has those skills is great. Uh, cool gay dudes, bringing like a cool gay dude and his gay, you know, friend or boyfriend or whatever is awesome because chicks love gay dudes and they they usually have amazing social skills and they crush at parties and they're not they're not competition. They kind of count as other girls. Um, guy friends who have and will bring their hot girlfriends who will ideally bring their girlfriends. So if you have a buddy who's in a relationship and his girlfriend's hot and they're social, that's a perfect sort of couple to invite. They're going to hurt the ratio a little bit because they're just going to show up one-on-one. But, but if she brings a girlfriend, now you're, you're getting closer to that. Who not to invite? Uh, never bring guys who will suck value, cock block, or have a massive sexual market value edge over you because they're going to steal the girls. You know, like inviting an actual celebrity to a party um, is cool because I might get more people there. Might be interesting, but they're gonna steal the girls too. So you gotta you gotta keep that in mind. And if your wingman is significantly better than you, he's probably gonna you know you're, you're gonna be getting his all the time. So that that sucks too. Um, you're gonna have the invert the, the urge to invite your really close guy friends, but you you, you really don't want to do that. Um, and if they're close guy friends, maybe they'll understand if you tell them like, listen, man, this is, I'm doing this and having extra guys there that kills the ratio totally, totally ruins the whole thing. So let's, you know, get that guy on board as a wingman, get them like enrolled in the process, better air on the side of way too many girls. And then last minute, you can invite some close guy friends because guys will show up to a party last minute all the time. That's, that's not hard. Like <laughs> guys are always down to party. And guys are always down to bring extra guys. So I don't need to stress the importance of that. Planning the party. The venue, like I said, should be slightly too small because no one likes an empty party. Um, obviously, consider your neighbors. Make sure to warn them ahead of time. Bring them a bottle of wine to avoid the cops being called if things get, you know. I mean, a lot of the time, if you live in an apartment or, or a place where there's your shared walls, you know, old people, it doesn't, it doesn't require a lot of mu uh, music to get the cops called. And you don't want that. So always keep your neighbors in mind. Um, if they're cool, invite the neighbor. Consider inviting them, even if they kind of hurt the ratio, because they can, you know, they can really make sure you don't bump into problems. The, the venue is going to make or break the party. So put a lot of thought into that. Remember, most people are going to hang out close to the food and alcohol, which means the kitchen and the room directly off the kitchen are going to be the main party areas. And you want to also designate a smoking section outside. If you have a balcony, of course, that's great. I don't like to have people smoking cigarettes inside the house. It smells like shit. But I do have people smoking shisha. One of my, my favorite sort of party things is, uh, is shisha or hookah. Um, obviously, you'll want to hide or secure lock valuables to avoid any theft. You never know. Girls can, girls can be shady. Girls can steal shit. You know, if you have people over your house, it's just a good rule of thumb to to hide your shit and put it away. Um, no one wants to get robbed. So it's a good way to like totally ruin the whole sort of thing for you in the future. Um, who pays? So the host, including wingmen, 
split the split the cost for the party. Like basically, if if the three of you guys wanted to set up one of these parties, you three would pay for the the party. Um, the girls won't pay. Um, if they offer to pay, if it's Germany, you know, maybe they will offer to pay. You know, you can sort of decide if, if it's worth taking the money or not. If other guys are sort of in on it and understand, then you could ask them to pay. But usually it's good to just kind of expect that you're going to have to stomach the cost for that and build that into the budget. You can ask other guys to pay, but you got to do it up front. That's the important thing. Don't, don't ever ask a guy to pay once he's already showed up because that's just kind of a bad look. Alcohol. Never run out of booze or mixers because it will kill the party. And for every liter of hard alcohol, you need double the mixers. So, you know, you got a bottle of whiskey, you need double that volume in mixers. That's a, a perfect way to never run out of either or never run out of mixers anyways, um, or never end up where you got too many mixers and, and not enough alcohol. You wanna try to have at least one light liquor and one dark liquor. Like even if you have like a, a uh, like tequila party, for example, it's good to have one bottle of whiskey laying around for that one odd girl who's like, I don't drink tequila, right? Or if you got all vodka and gin and it's all light colored, same sort of deal. Maybe you want one bottle of like fireball whiskey laying around just for that, those annoying girls. Like you want to have an option in case someone's being annoying. Um, always have tequila shots or tequila first shots and body shots. Body shots are amazing. They're a great way to sort of get the party going, create a fun vibe. And no one wants to take shots body shots of, unless it's tequila or or mezcal oh yeah i just wanted to uh, add a, a quick tip here one of my when i remember when i was throwing parties um casually in austin texas one of my favorite things to do or the that actually i mean favorite as in like it made me laugh and my buddies laugh but we would get the or finish get the big expensive bottles not expensive but like you know more the brand name glass bottles and then we would finish those and we would pour the cheap alcohol into the glass and the funniest thing is that when you put it in the mixers like no one can tell the difference and even if they weren't drunk like just of you standing there and giving them a shot and holding the bottle like there's like pressure for them to to agree and say that this thing is amazing or it tastes what it tastes like so that's just a little pro tip a little asian frugalness if you want to uh, uh save some dough there so i i have one to add on to that as well what i used to do in high school is i had a two 175s of Grey Goose vodka. And what I would do is I would get a uh, Kharkov and I had one of those cheap Brita filters and you run the Kharkov through the Brita filter a couple times and it tastes almost exactly like Grey Goose. And then I'd fill it back up. So in high school, everybody thought I was bringing like $120 of the booze to every party I went to. I love it. Amazing. That's probably all they do. That's probably the only fucking difference between like Popov and Grey Goose anyways. Triple filtered, cool story. So, <laughs> you know, these alcohol companies, I'm sure they're making a shitload of money on, on fake bullshit. It all kind of tastes the same to me anyways, but it's all the branding, right? You see the Grey Goose bottle or a girl sees a bottle of like, you know, uh, what is it? Don Julio, 1942. Uh, and they're like, oh my God, 1942, I love it. Food. Um, this is going to depend on the theme. Like if you do a sushi party, you'll want to provide everything for people to roll their own sushi. We used to do that in New York City. Carrie, you came to some of our sushi parties. Um, those are a lot of fun. It's super fun to roll sushi. Uh, ahead of time, you'll have to make the rice. Obviously, you'll have to buy the fish, but it's it's just a great sort of thing you can do with a girl, like rolling the sushi together. No, because most people have never rolled their own sushi. So that can be, a, a, that's kind of like was one of our go-to parties. And sushi is very sort of informal 
um, when one of my clients did it and he used that meme invite, he actually had a sushi chef come um, and he did all, all the prep work. And he said that was that was huge because it, the prep work's not easy. Getting that rice perfect is not easy and cutting the fish. So if there's no if there's a no food theme, you'll still want to have some snacks and finger foods like chips, nuts, something like that, trail mix, just to keep people happy and avoid having girls leave later for food. And a great idea is to kind of surprise people with, with pizza, kind of like halfway through the party. It's cheap. Everyone loves pizza. And it's kind of fun to not say anything about it beforehand because the, the surprise can be a cool aspect. When the guys were in Kiev for an immersion, one of the things we did um, on, on Sunday is we, we spent the whole week kind of going out and partying. And, and we planned this party on Sunday, which is going to be a barbecue. So we told everyone, yeah, cool barbecue on a rooftop on Sunday. And instead, I, I knew we weren't going to do a barbecue because we didn't even have a fucking barbecue. But I knew it was going to be pizza and no one would give a shit. And not a single person <laughs> asked about the barbecue. They didn't care. They were super happy to have pizza. So you can, you know, false advertising, something like that does not really matter at all. Barbecue party, yeah. And then people show up and say, yeah, pizza. You know, <laughs> awesome. Doesn't matter. Pizza's the way to go. Always tell people to come an hour before you want them to, right? So typically we want to start these parties eight o'clock, nine o'clock is when you want kind of people to show up. So if you say eight, that's a pretty good way to get them. There's always going to be those, some people that show up really early and you can kind of just make fun of them. You're like, wow, you actually showed up on time. What's wrong with you? You didn't get the, the cool kid memo. Now you got to help me set up. And then you put those girls to work helping you set up. The further ahead you invite someone, the more legit the party's going to seem. There's a window for this, of course. Like if you invite someone like three months in advance, they're probably going to forget about it, but it will seem more legit. You know, inviting someone last minute um, odds are they already have plans and it'll, it'll seem like you put less sort of prep into the party. Keep that in mind. Uh, the best nights for parties are Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday evening. You could also do a Sunday day party. People are accustomed to like brunches and, you know, mimosa parties. Uh, you could do a Sunday fun day. You know, people like to get drunk early on Sunday. So that can be a good option. Um, you don't want to do Friday or Saturday because you're competing with popular weekend events, bars, clubs, all those things. And until your social circle and your social fun is really crushing, that that will be tough to compete with. Music. So you want to put some serious prep into the sound system and music selection because it'll really make or break the vibe. Like if you have your iPhone just sitting on a table playing, that's pretty broke dick. <laughs> Not very impressive. At least put it in a glass cup, for God's sakes. Uh, no, but seriously, get it. Get it. Like I think um, Bose has a cheap. The I think it's called the Bose Extreme Two. Is a speaker about this big, and it puts off. Uh, it puts out enough sound for like any like house, like any two or three bedroom house even. Um, and it, and you can travel with it. It's pretty portable. So that's a great option. Obviously, if you can invest in a, in a better sound system with surround sound or speakers in a different room, like a Sonos, that's cool. I know I think with some of those bows, you can pair some speakers with other ones, but you want to make sure the music's on point. And then the music selection, have a predetermined playlist if you don't have a DJ and refrain from taking requests or letting people commandeer the music. This is going to happen all the time. Girls are going to be like, I want to put on my song. Or I want to play this. Or I want to do that. And if you let them do it, 
they're going to put on that one song and then they're going to like forget about it or they're going to walk away or their phone that's playing the music now is going to get a call. And when you have music interrupting the vibe, it just fucking kills the vibe. So you got to be pretty militant about saying no to annoying, you know, people that want to be DJ. You just And saying no to girls is, is a better way anyways to like get them to like you because you're not putting them on a pedestal. Another great reason to learn, this is a great reason to learn to DJ yourself. So I was, uh, when we were doing the, the immersion in Berlin, we, we went out and got a, a whole like DJ controller and setup and, and we were all kind of taking turns, learning how to DJ. Uh, my wife was DJing. It was a lot of fun. Um, and people walk in, they see like a DJ controller, even if you don't know how to fucking DJ, if you have like a DJ controller set up and you're just using your phone or not your phone, you don't want to use your phone, but if you're using a, not like a, a, uh, what's it called? An I, if you have an iPod, um, playing it, you're not going to get interrupted by notifications because you don't want to use your own phone to play the music. Like I said, cause you know, people are going to be asking logistics about how to get there and you don't want the music being interrupted, but if people walk in, they see a cool, like. DJ setup, it gives the party more legitimacy. And then later, once the party's kind of been established, if people want to like guest DJ or take their turns on it, and it's a small sort of uh, number of people, and it's not going to really matter if there's some breaks or the DJ sucks, then that can be a fun sort of thing to do on this. <laughs> Mad says, I can confirm this. It's stupid how much people respect the DJ mixer table. Exactly. It's like the one thing you can get for your house. That just like people walk in like, wow, you got a DJ controller. This is awesome, right? And it's fun. It's fun to fuck around on there. Like even if you have no interest in being a DJ, if you start fucking around on there, you'll probably enjoy it quite a bit. Changing the music will change the vibe of the party. Just remember that. Like if you have Deep House smashing at like Sunday at 2 p.m. for your Sunday fun day, people are going to be like, oh, wow, I didn't know I was showing up to like a meth party. This is not what I expected. And some people are going to leave. Like, you know, the music really needs to match the vibe. Um, a couple examples. I, uh, these are the ones that I think are great. There's, there's a Woogie Weekend. If you go on SoundCloud and you, and you look for like Burning Man sets, those are usually the best because they're long. Or if you go on, if you, if you go on YouTube um, and you look for Circle, Circle with an E, um, they have amazing DJ sets and that's a great way to, to kind of pick the music. And at, as the party goes on, like if you want the music to get like more and more intense, you want to build that into your, to your set beforehand. If you want the vibe to go crazy, like people are wasted and then you want to kind of make it sexy and get them dancing. There's a great, um, DJ set from Burning Man. If you look for a lock, uh, but that's a fun one. The exceptions when you want to give girls access to the music is when there's less than 10 people, it's chill, and you don't want the girls to leave. Like, if, if one girl really wants to bang you, and she also wants to touch the music, and there's not a whole lot of people there, you should probably let her touch the music, <laughs> all right? Like, it'd be stupid to lose her, because like, no music, don't touch it. Um, I've seen that happen, you know, so, so I feel like sometimes I need to give that advice, even though it sounds pretty dumb. All right, lighting. Lighting will make a huge difference and it's really fucking easy you can go on amazon and just look up uh laser lights and you can get them for like 20 30 bucks and they make a huge difference one of these stupid little laser lights like if you just put it in the corner will change the vibe of the entire room um and i'm not saying you should use those lasers all the time like having people walk into like a party at 8 p.m and it's just lasers is going to be kind of like a weird vibe they're going to feel like they're walking into like Bergheim, 
But um, as the party starts going and as people get more drunk, like turning on the lasers and changing the lighting can totally change the vibe. It's also a great way to change the vibe later for these games I'm going to talk about. Shisha hookah, like I said, great to have it there. A big, beautiful hookah is a great decorative piece. Awesome party edition. It's very social. People will kind of gather around and smoke it. Um, just make sure it's not easily breakable or in a spot where it can be knocked over because ask me how I know. I've had way too many parties that got out of control and girls just like grab the hookah hose and the, the whole thing comes crashing down. Coals are flying and burning through carpet and burning people. Um, you know, if you do have a big, nice, like glass hookah, like secure it to a wall or something, or, you know, be very careful because it's, it's almost a sure thing that that fucking hookah is going to get broken, um, or knocked over, uh, Carrie question. Yes. Uh, DJ in the chat asked, do you have a suggestion for non-alcoholic events? Sure. Um, you know, th that can be fun. You can do you, and if it's non-alcoholic, um, you can even promote that. Like people like to come to those sorts of things like they they have parties for that sort of thing all the time like daybreaker for example is an, is an example where people come and they dance like if it's not alcoholic you kind of want to push um dancing or something else that will like get the mood up because people you know they, they need something to like boost the mood we're going to talk about the party games in a second um and you know you could have that's really up to you if you want to do a, a non-alcoholic event i don't see why you 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 couldn't do it um you know you could have a mushroom party if, <laughs> if you wanted to do that i know lots of people who have had other sorts of uh you know illegal sort of narcotics at their party which uh you know i have no stance on if you want to do that that's up to you if that's your if that's your tribe and that's your crowd that's up to you as well so yeah. there's a lot of in my opinion, alcohol is the worst drug on the planet. I think, uh, you know, <laughs> some of these other things are, are a much better way to have a good time and you don't get the hangover um, and all the downsides either. So <laughs> ecstatic dance party is alcohol free. There you go. Um, cocktail party, mocktail party. So it doesn't have to be alcohol, of course. Yeah. I meant to put mocktail, but uh, I'll autocorrect corrected it. So, you know, there's a huge surge these days, especially with um, these spirits that they make without any alcohol and it's a mocktail. So they make these cocktails without alcohol. So it's a thing. Mm -hmm. So that could be totally your theme. Yeah. Uh, running the party, hiring an assistant. So a hot female assistant is fucking awesome. If you can get one, um, she will be a huge asset to you because now she's, you know, she has a, like a vested interest in making that party awesome. And she's going to bring her hot girlfriends, like having a awesome wing girl party planner chick is probably like one of the best things you could do with this. And eventually you'll end up banging that girl. If you don't try to <laughs> the, the, the status and the social proof will allow you to at one point bang her. And as long as she's seen you bang like everyone else, it'll probably be fine. If you can't find a hot chick, having like an intern or someone to just help you kind of host an event, if you have more than like 15 people there, it becomes a full-time job, like dealing with logistics. So having someone to like, you know, help people find the place when they inevitably get lost or, you know, just all the other random things that can, that can happen that'll take you away from enjoying the party. Um, is something that you'll you'll find a lot of value in. Um, you know, someone who can do the shopping and the cleanup after. Running the party. Stay tuned for next week where we get into running the party, behaving at the party, and how to recognize and spot attraction at the party. 
Thanks for listening. If you want more, go to innerconfidence.com and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for the latest episodes.